On this week's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Kat Philp, 20 years old and Young Entrepreneur of the Year 2022. She is the startup founder of Pivot Marketing, a social media and personal branding agency. She's been building her personal brand around authenticity and humanized marketing with over 2 million monthly views on LinkedIn and a digital presence of 45,000 followers across her platforms. She is now traveling the world, helping others to build their online brands and speaking and working to make an impact on the education sector for the better. Kat Philp, I'm delighted to have you on the Purpose Led Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. No problem at We've all. connected on LinkedIn and Instagram recently, and um, I'm very keen, as is the audience, to find out a lot more about you. You've recently won an award. Yep. Um, we can delve into that and lots of other stuff. But before we go into that, paint us a picture and go into a journey around um, your life, really, since, since school. Since school, okay. Um, well, when I left school, I think probably the week after I left school, I went straight into an apprenticeship in marketing. So I didn't actually get a summer holiday, sadly, but I think I'm going to try and work that in this year. Um, so yeah, literally went straight into a marketing apprenticeship. Then after that, I think I bounced around marketing sales positions for a few years, mm -hmm. um, built up kind of my skill, skill set. And then during the pandemic, like a lot of businesses did, I kind of set up because of the uncertainty. Um, and initially I started out marketing to the travel and tourism sector, yeah. which is where I was previously. And, uh, and I know that they were struggling quite a lot. So I wanted to give back with a project called Ro Project Rebuild. And that was basically giving free support to that kind of industry to help them rebuild um, and since then, obviously, I kind of haven't looked back. Just delve a bit more deeper into that. So the Project Reaper, what's, what's, the, what's the reason and purpose behind that? So it was to give back to the industry that I'd been in for a few years. I was working at City Sightseeing mm -hmm. and, uh, and they, you know, I had quite a lot of connections in there and built lots of relationships. Yeah. And it was just sad to see everybody had to kind of leave and me included. Mm. Um, so I kind of wanted to give back with some free marketing support, webinars and all sorts of things like that. And I, you know, hooked up a few partnerships to kind of help mm -hmm. support that. Mm -hmm. And marketing then, um, was that something, is that an area or an industry sector you always wanted to get into or was it, did it happen by chance? Because you're also doing a, you're doing a master's as well, aren't you as well? Yes, <laughs> yes. This morning actually I had a bit of a nightmare with that. I had a deadline this morning. Yeah. Didn't quite go to plan, but we'll probably dive into that later with <laughs> a few other questions. Okay. Um, Yes, I didn't actually initially want to go into marketing. So mm. it was one of my options when I was leaving school. Uh, but then for some reason, I was really set on accountancy. And so I applied to a job or so, I think I had a connection somehow. Can't remember how. Um, yeah. And I kind of said, do you have any vacancies available? And uh, I was looking for marketing and they said, well, actually, sorry, for accountancy. Well, actually, we've got marketing positions available. So mm. I said, oh, OK. So kind of just landed into the industry and kind of here yeah. I am now. <laughs> so you're 20 years old, right? Yeah. And you recently you won Entrepreneur of the Year. Tell us about that. What do you want to know? What it is, how you got there. I mean, it's, it's quite an accolade, isn't it? <laughs> yes, to be honest. Yeah, I was, it was a bit of a weird one. It kind of felt surreal the night that, you know, obviously I came about to win it. Um, I wasn't expecting to win it. Uh, it was quite a journey to get there as well, obviously building the business and stuff. Um, I had to then 
I think I well I got an email saying that I'd been shortlisted as a finalist okay and then I had to attend an interview with I think three or four different judges mm. they were all lovely but it was a little bit nerve-wracking at first because yeah, obviously I was course. still quite a little baby uh, <laughs> as I still am now <laughs> wow. um but yeah it was it was um it was good when I won it, to be honest. I didn't think the first night that I had actually won it, it didn't feel like I'd won it. I just mm. had the award next to me and I was thinking, it doesn't really feel that real, but it's it's helped a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've won lots of awards and there, there was something on LinkedIn recently about, you know, awards aren't really worth the, the paper they're written on mm. and all that kind of stuff. But I, I feel that, you know, the right award, it's there's so many benefits, you know, and it also is confidence as well, but also kind of that sense of achievement. And also you strike me as someone who's got, a bit of a purpose about you even at your young age of 20 what what is your kind of vision and plan and purpose for your life so I've kind of I don't know how much you know about the other brands that I'm kind of building up at the moment but the marketing agency at the moment it's called everything sales but we're literally rebranding everything we've been in my head it's been pivot marketing for the past three months or something yeah obviously nobody knows that um, aside from pivot we've got Young Accelerators, only fans of marketing, and a couple of others which are kind of in the works. Yeah. And to start with that, obviously the only fans of marketing, it's like a marketing community to kind of help uh, marketers, you know, market their skills and all sorts of things like that. Mm. And then we've got Young Accelerators, which is effectively supposed to help young people with their career development uh, and their entrepreneurial yeah. journey. And so with that. Uh, with that program, I'm kind of trying to make sort of changes in the education sector, which is quite outdated at the moment. It is, yeah. Yeah. So my my purpose is more focusing on the education sector um, in the long run, if that makes yeah. sense. I think that's such an important point because I've, I've banged on for quite a number of years about the education sector being broken around. It's quite conformist and, mm -hmm. you know what success it's you know being a doctor or being a, you know the archetypal position and I, and I think things like mental health well-being compassion kindness all that kind of stuff that people would think isn't important I think education should be based around that quite a lot what's, what's your thoughts on that in general having recently or still been in the education sector yourself now yes that's true actually I didn't think of it like that yeah I I totally agree I mean everything is quite backwards and obviously the same with a lot of things in the workplace but I do think that it's harder to change the education sector mm. because we're not you know we're not within it unless you're younger and you don't have those soft skills available to you at the time yeah um, but I actually wrote quite a lot of blogs about mindset as well I think it's a really important trait to have. I mean, it's helped me out of so many situations, like recent situations mm -hmm. and stuff that probably should have impacted me a lot more. Um, and so I think that trying to kind of pass that down to younger people, those sort of soft skills is so important yeah. to, for anything, for their development and to understand that you don't have to do all these you know, these steps to get to happiness. You can be happy now mm. and you can do whatever steps you want to take. I think that's right. I think I think it's kind of like, you know, when I get this or when I get that, mm. I'll be happy. And I think that's just a you know the wrong approach to things. Isn't it? Totally you know, and I agree. Used to, I, to be honest, I used to be like that. You know, it's about the size of the offices I had and you know like the houses and the cars and you know I've I've swapped all that for what I'm doing now and I'm a much happier person. And but with yourself, I mean, I'm obviously double your age, but I mean, how do you how do you already know that? If <laughs> uh, if you also as well because you you probably have experienced it to a degree, but what I sense is that this generation is way ahead of, of my generation in terms of this kind of stuff. What do you think? 
Yeah, I agree. I think we've got a lot of digital knowledge at our fingertips. We've got mm. all sorts of, you know, people who speak about this all the time. I mean, I listen to a lot of Stephen Bartlett and yeah. I will sing his praises all day long. Yeah. I absolutely love him. Of course. Um, but I listen, I, you know, I listen to all these sorts of people who have you know, made it and people who are kind of on the in the places that I want to be and kind of thought, OK, if that's what they're doing, I've got to do the same thing. And they always talk about mindset and being in the right frame of mind and doing all these things mm. consistently. Mm. And so I've kind of just learnt from them, I guess. I think it's yeah. more listening to the role models. And you touched on just there about using the mindset in a difficult circumstance. So talk to us about kind of any real adversity or darkness or anxiety that you've, mm -hmm. you've gone through? Okay, um, so I'd say in terms of where I've been able to apply mindset, it was probably more within the past one to two years where I've kind of learned that, yeah. that skill. I'd probably say the hardest part for me was actually quite recent. So I went through a breakup of three and a half years mm -hmm. uh, in January. And um, at the same time as all of that happening, I, w I had this part-time client who I was doing work for, lost that. Um, then that was kind of my only income at the time because I was kind of yeah. reinvesting everything else back into the business. Yeah. So I lost that, lost my relationship, the potential to lose my house as well, my apartment, um, because of the income, the loss of income. Yeah. And then uh, my, well, something slightly minor, but my university uh, assignment was basically just not going to be handed in on time because of all these things impacting it. So all of this happening all at the same time, I feel like every person I know has gone through this, this kind of mm. moment, this life, you know, when everything yeah. comes crumbling down and it's just then formed them into who they are now. Mm -hmm. But I knew that it wasn't the end I just yeah. knew that I would make it out and just having that, you know, mindset, like it's going to be okay in the end, just understand your feelings and get through it is kind of where I was at with it. So it helped a lot. That point about the feelings is really important because we can think a lot of things. And I believe some of the thoughts we have aren't necessarily our thoughts. They're, they're, they're put in by, indoctrinated by what we, what we absorb. Yeah. But if, you, if you're feeling uneasy or anxious and you, ch and you lean, in, lean into that, that I think that can carry you through and get you through it, can't it, quite a lot. And being mm. in tune with your feelings, whether you're male or female, doesn't matter. I think it's so important. I totally agree. And it's quite refreshing to hear a man say that as well. <laughs> because, wow. Yeah, honestly, because that's the one thing, that's another thing that I'm kind of trying to change a bit is the fact that men are so like suppressed with their feelings. They're not allowed to let them out and they're taught not mm. to let them out. Mm. And I mean, I've encountered a lot of you know, friendships, relationships, where that's been the case, where they've not been able to let and express their feelings because yeah. that's how they've been taught. Absolutely. That's been going on for centuries around yeah. the archetypal male going out and, you know, uh, getting the work and bringing the food home, you know, and all that kind of stuff and to man up. And, and I yes. just think Don't cry. The, these days it's, it's, it's a strength for any sex to be a bit more vulnerable and be a bit open, do you not think? I agree. Totally agree with that. So where do, where do you where do you get this kind of this wisdom, this kind of knowledge, and this kind of it's going back to that mindset? Mm -hmm. I mean, was that taught by your parents, or have you picked it up from? I know you've you've been listening to Stephen Bartlett and things like that, but how have you have you learned to be so resilient and also so kind of entrepreneurial at a young age? That's a really good question. I do try and ask myself this quite a lot. <laughs> um, I'd say 
I definitely have to hats off celebrate my mum for a lot of this. Mm. Uh, she's kind of instilled a lot of values into me which have grown as I've grown and they've been present but never quite acknowledged until a later date, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, she has definitely, definitely been one of the main reasons. Uh, but aside from that, I think when I started getting into the, you know, building the business and stuff, I was watching all these things about leadership with Gary Vee and yeah. Stephen Bartlett and all sorts of things and how to make it, a, a create a, a good leader effectively. And I mm -hmm. thought, you know, you have to have an open mindset and be able to apologize and take accountability, which is what I've tried to do. And it's hard because you kind of, you want to be perfect, but the imperfections are what makes you perfect. If mm. that, in my opinion, it's yeah. kind of, it's taking that responsibility. So I thought I want to be able to be a really good leader and have a really awesome team around me. And so I need to listen to what they're saying and be able to do all of these things. Yeah. And so from there, you just kind of have to start uh, like analyzing yourself and catching yourself out and saying actually that's wrong there that behavior shouldn't be happening mm. what what's caused that and what can I do about it to change it and that's kind of where I started picking at it and that's going to yeah. happen for the rest of my life I mean I, there's always going to be things to change but yeah that's kind of where it started I think that's amazing that accountability that awareness and that you know no one's perfect and it's having that that humility to say actually you might be better than me at this or you know I, I need to learn that and I think that, mm -hmm. that that's going to carry you forward um, so what type of leader do you, would you describe yourself? And talk to us a bit more about the businesses you've got. How many people have you got? Where do you want to take it forward? What's, what's, what's going on there? Okay. Um, so the kind of leader I would like to be is one that inspires positivity into the workplace. Uh, I've encountered many, many managers, people who, you know, they do their best, obviously, with the resources that yeah. they can. But yeah. I think that they're driven by ego. A, mm -hmm. a lot of people not yeah, just absolutely. them but it's it's all about them and like oh i'm a manager i'm your manager you know like let me yeah take this power and so i kind of almost want to make it an equal ground i mean obviously there's hierarchies in there mm. for a reason but i think mm. that having that kind yeah. of equal will will uh will result in some good results from feeling like a positive workplace hmm. and so with that being brought forward into the current businesses um we've got so for everything sales we've got a team now of four of us there were eight and now we're scaling everything back with the rebrand to yeah. because we're changing our products uh, so we've got, we're going to be recruiting for sales as well within the next few months, especially in sales and perhaps another leadership position. Okay. And as for young accelerators and only fans of marketing, that's literally just me working on those. And only fans of marketing is me and my co-founder, Elliot. He is the one who actually kind of thought of the idea and we're yeah. both executing it. Okay. So. What's what's what is your purpose then? Because relating it to myself, when I was running my big multi-million pound business, I didn't even know necessarily know what or why. What I mean by that, I, I got to five million, ten million, fifteen million, twenty million, twenty-five million, thirty million. And every time I got there, it was like, oh, okay. So it was almost like whatever happened, it wasn't mm -hmm. ever going to fulfil me. Mm -hmm. um, and for me now, my, my my purpose is about legacy and the impact I have on others and loads of other stuff, but. 
for you personally, it feels like, well, I'm pretty certain you're going to build a very successful and big business, but have you thought intrinsically why? Why are you doing this? Yeah, so I kind of, I want to use the assets that I build with these with these uh, brands to kind of rebuild other areas of the world, if that makes sense, kind of affect change in certain areas like the education system, like mental health and kind of helping people work through emotions, like I said, with, mm. with the male side of things particularly. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of more, where I'd like to be is kind of helping to change make cause change lead change yeah. in in those areas i suppose to kind of make it a better world <laughs> i think i think that's yeah you know, i think that's a very centered and measured approach to things and i think if you do that in the right way the money comes along as well right oh for sure yeah but that's kind of it's the money's there as a resource to build those kind of mm. you know those lead that change for me it's yeah. not yeah, because I think I think I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. On Instagram, you've got nearly thirty thousand followers, and you know you're getting over a million views. I think a month on LinkedIn, you're quite correct. new to LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, um, somewhat. How how have you done that? Um, well, I think it's got to be down to well, the first rule is consistency. As I mentioned in my post earlier, it was yeah. it was all about just consistently building because it, you can get disheartened when you you know you don't get as many likes or as many views or all the metrics that come with it yeah um so just knowing that you are gonna you're making an impact in the long term and in the long run is probably the best way to think about it mm-hmm. then after that you've also got to think about your audience and so like what are they gonna you know want to see what kind of value are you bringing to them because a lot of people it's all about me 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 and especially yeah. on linkedin there's obviously a lot of content creators in my circle but before I came across those uh there was there were quite a lot of just like here are updates for my business for this week or we've just done this Mm. or we've just hired this person and it wasn't really quite vanilla isn't it exactly and so I kind of just wanted to bring a bit more positivity I guess and like a bit more authenticity to the platform I think that's right I think Instagram is obviously, by the very nature, it's more picture-oriented mm. orientated, and there's a lot of selfies. And I think LinkedIn's going that way as well. And for me, it it's is. like sometimes I do question people's intention. I think for me, it's about intention, right? I mean, I'm not saying don't put selfies out. I mean, I do loads of selfies, but I think there's got to be a message behind it. There's got to be some value there. Mm-hmm. And so, so was that you, a question? So, so do, you, do you think that, um, I mean, what, what's, what's, what's the best value you can bring to someone uh, around the content that you have you got like a plan around the, the type of value you want to deliver yeah it's more on a post by post kind of basis that I deliver the value so I mm. kind of I always try and have some sort of message of you know positivity there's something nice in there something yeah. to kind of ins- make people lift their moods a little bit and then mm. also something that's relatable to the industry so usually it's a marketing tip or something in there for me mm. uh, and then it's kind of a question you know, like yeah question yourself to question and that usually provokes a lot of conversation and then obviously there's conversation within the comments and that kind of gets yeah because then you're you're showcasing your actual knowledge as well by answering comments and speaking to people it's not just it's about the leads and the output and the outcome isn't it as well exactly and i think that that's 
the biggest tip I say for LinkedIn, I'd, I'd say is probably building a community. Yeah. I couldn't have done it really without engaging on other people's posts and then kind of speaking to people, having calls with people and yeah. just getting to know people. Yeah. You know, once you get to know them, they actually feel like they know you and they comment on all your stuff and they do all sorts of other things. You do collabs and yeah, yeah. not that that's what it should be for, but it helps to build it, right? Mm. So going, going back to kind of like the... Um, you know when men fear kind of opening up and all that kind of stuff i know women do as well but what, what this is a two questions in one what do you think men can do more to help women mm-hmm. in the workplace or even on social media in life and also vice versa what do you think women can do more to help men with as well okay so there's an interesting conversation that i've had over the past few weeks with a lot of people which i think for men to women uh i think that potentially valuing them more on their actual knowledge rather than their appearance and even though people like to say that they value each other on knowledge and Mm. experience they don't I mean I have had quite a lot of messages over the past few months and so saying like effectively you're doing really well on LinkedIn because you're pretty because of how you look yeah effectively and Mm. whilst that could be an element of capturing people's attention there's something that's keeping them there Mm. and that hopefully is more than just the appearance yeah and so I think that you know men valuing women on a different level than just appearances Mm -hmm. is definitely something that can be done uh, to help and then on the flip side of that I think women helping men it's it's a tough one I think uh, I don't even know what I can say to that it's difficult I mean is, is it a question of encouraging them to kind of be open with their feelings perhaps that kind of stuff or is that is that what perhaps else says? I just I feel like a lot of women do do that already okay. it's whether men feel capable of doing that I think mm. the workplace might not be the place I'd start mm-hmm. I'd say it's more with their upbringing and so I think it's more men to men men are always teaching their sons not to cry and not yeah. to do this and not to do that and right. effectively I think that it's interesting yeah I mean from my experience I'm not saying it's in all places of the world but mm. I know for sure a lot of people around me uh, there's been it's always been like you've got to man up you've got to yeah, go and yeah. build cars and you've got to go and <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think that that's probably more of an inside job than it is a workplace I think job. it is as well I think also as well I think um, we all have met, um, masculine and feminine energy right and I think it's mm-hmm. using that appropriately and I think women have loads of masculine energy and loads of feminine energy and vice versa and I think it's I think it's encouraging to bringing that out in the right way and, in the, and inappropriately. Mm. And that's an interesting subject as well because mm. that is exactly what it is. What we've literally just talked about is women using more masculine energy and, yeah. and men using more feminine energy to kind of talk about their feelings. Mm. And it doesn't come naturally, I don't think, to no. either party, not in general anyways. But so what, what other struggles have you had then being, being a young woman in terms of trying to find your way in, in the business world then? I think the biggest thing is being underestimated. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going to so many client meetings um, and a lot of them were obviously older men and they would approach me. I don't know what their original intention would be, but a few of them were a little bit, you know, yeah. probably wanted just a bit of company, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. which is a shame. 
but I remember starting speaking to them and they'd kind of talk down to me a little bit and you can just yeah. kind of sense that. Mm. And then I would kind of respond in whatever way, in whatever capacity and kind of inform them of our product range and kind of the yeah, sort of yeah. strategies and how I could build that and, you know, basically sharing knowledge with them and they'd kind of start, you know, thinking, oh my God, she actually knows something. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see them slowly go back into their box and mm. it's quite interesting. It's a shame that we have to get past that initial barrier, it isn't is. it? Mm. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm very, um, very impressed with, with how you answered that question. I think as well, I think men are very guilty of kind of just assuming that women aren't good at business or actually don't know about business. But my experience is that I always want a balanced team of, of male and females. It's, yeah. it's really important to have that for, for many reasons. But in, t in terms of like, um, you talked about mental health as well. Uh, talk, 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 talk about your own mental health journey. Uh, mm. Have you any dark moments there? Yeah, for sure. I think the worst part for me in general was probably when I was at school. Uh, I just went through a bit of a dark moment there. It was just, mm. I mean, nothing too excessive. It wasn't, I've never gone through, luckily, anything that I've kind of wanted to leave this world or anything. But, right, okay. Um, but there have been times when I've just thought, like, what's the point? Like, wh what am I doing here? Yeah. And obviously, my recent struggles that we just talked about, you know, obviously, that was quite dark. But luckily, I had the mindset to power through. Mm. But... I mean, I'm still kind of going through it now in a way, you know, there are days where I feel overwhelmed by everything and it's yeah. tough. And so I think receiving the right kind of help and knowing where to find it is important and not everybody has those tools and resources available. No. So, I mean, what I'd looked at was, uh, I have a few apps that keep me in check. Uh, I have one that's like a habits tracker to kind of keep me on top of building yeah. those habits that keep me from spiraling. Sure. Uh, and then I have one that's called I am mm -hmm. and that's like affirmation. So you can choose how many notifications it sends you a day. I set like five a day yeah. and it gives you like positive messages and it's really quite nice. It actually really works. It sounds yeah. like something that's just, oh really? But you know, sometimes you're breaking down and you have a little, a little notification Absolutely. that just lights the way. So I think you're right. I think it's a combination of, you know, having some good tools around you, but also, mm -hmm. Um, the self-talk is really important. What you say oh, to yourself is so important, so. isn't it? But your other point there about, um, I believe you can't do things on your own. You can't necessarily be successful in business on your own, but also, you know, I've, I'm a coach, but I've got my own coach. I think it's important to have friends, family, but also external people to not sugarcoat you as well. And, and if you're being a dick, you wanna, you wanna be told that in the nicest possible <laughs> way as well, don't you? Yes, no, I totally agree. I think having that circle is so important. And I'm really lucky that I have got a really strong circle of people around me. Mm. Um, I can't say the same for everybody else. And that's why I think it is a shame. Yeah. But that's why I'm trying to build communities where people can kind of create their own circles, even if they don't have that support around them right now. Yeah. So the pandemic, it obviously affected everybody. But I, I always say, you know, people of your generation, I think anyone between sort of 16 and 25, it must have affected you quite badly because obviously of that age, you want to be going out and doing stuff when you couldn't. <laughs> How, how did it affect you? I wouldn't say it affected me in the going out way because I, I'm going to hold my hands up. I had my party years from 16 to 18. You've been there and done that, okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it wasn't really too much of a struggle for me in that regard. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it was, it's difficult for many people and very different for other people as well. For me, it was actually really quite enjoyable. 
It's yeah. <laughs> not the situation, but what I was what I was doing on a day to day business um, basis. Yeah, you know, it was I got to spend those time with my family. I was still living at home at the time. Um, mm -hmm. I was furloughed, and so I was trying to pick up new skills, carrying on with my degree. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was it helped me a lot. I was able to save for my now apartment. Mm. For me, it was okay. The, the mental health side of things with the things that were actually going on in the world, that yeah. took a toll on me and I could tr I had to try to close Twitter. I deleted the app because that was a big one for me, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't switch the TV on, notifications or anything. I think there were, th there's definitely, there was a balance there. Whilst I had great things going on, you know, ex mm. you know, living my summer holidays, I guess, that I didn't quite get to before. <laughs> um, you know, the actual things that was going on in the world, that was a little bit scary because yeah. we didn't know, you know, it was so uncertain. We thought that it was this really great big thing to start with. and It was the uncertainty as well. But the point you touched on there as well, I mean, I'm heavily into social media, but mm. I kind of learned that unless you take breaks from it, like with anything, it, it can have a counterproductive effect on you and certainly a negative effect on you. And I think by the very nature of what we do, we kind of have to be, you know, present. But I think also you can have too much of a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. I totally think? agree. Yes, uh, I've learned recently to try and be more present and try and take a break from social media, but it's very hard when it is your job. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, but like you said, taking that break away really frees you because I think the saddest thing that I see around me at the, at the moment, which I've, I'm guilty of as well, by the way, yeah. but I've watched this video of somebody saying like, that all you do now is you go into a coffee shop and everyone's looking down at their phones and mm. not eating because they have they feel like they have to you know there's like yeah almost like an instinct yeah whereas you know if you would have gone in there you know 20 30 years ago everybody would have been you know interacting with each other maybe bumping into someone they knew reading mm. a newspaper you know doing something that's kind of i don't know you, you're always consuming content effectively and yeah, you yeah. you it, it stop you know it stacks up and you get overwhelmed with all this stuff and oh, absolutely once you free yourself from that like going on walks you kind of begin to offload it and yeah. feel a bit more yourself you know that's what i've you know noticed it anyways no that makes a lot of sense so what about any bad calls or mistakes that you've made talk to us about oh, that god a lot of them <laughs> <laughs> i'd say for me it's probably more the finances uh so there are a couple of sort of poor financial decisions that I made in terms of what I purchased. Mm -hmm. um, coming from a large corporation into a small business of, you know, startup business was very yeah. different. So I was used to ordering a thousand or 5,000 flyers and then, you know, doing expos or whatever. And that's probably not what I should have done initially. Right. <laughs> um, so I did, I literally have probably three boxes in my garage of like, leaflets that are so old and, and <laughs> never going to use and yeah, it's just yeah. a shame because i spent quite a few hundred pounds on them mm -hmm. um i'd say that that was the biggest thing asking for help i think when you start out and you kind of you don't want to look like you're starting out because nobody's going to want to come to you if that makes sense yeah and so you kind of almost have to paint a picture that you're doing better than you are and so you're like you're, you're you know you're this really great entrepreneur mm -hmm. and so with that you kind of don't want to ask for help and where that's the moment that you should be asking for the most help and Absolutely. people admire you for that mm. uh, so i'd say that was probably one of my my 
larger faults with uh, with the business. It was yeah. I could have asked for mentorship, like you said. You have a coach. I I just didn't. Yeah. What are your fears then? What are you what are you scared of, if anything? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, oh, I think I was asked that recently, and I don't even know what I can answer with that because, kind of, the mindset I have is not to be scared of anything. If that makes sense. Of course, there's you know there's a little bit of fear in my day to day of like mm. you know is this going to work out? But I kind of know that even if the business doesn't do you know go in whatever route that I want it to go in yeah. I'm still going to be okay as a person so I'm not yeah. really too fearful of much that's great great position <laughs> to be in so on, on the same kind of vibe then what does excite you what what gets you out of bed but also what what kind of uh, keeps you up at night as well what, what are you worried about if anything mm, okay um and so what gets me up is probably I mean is when I actually wake up I have to put a LinkedIn post out there every morning. So that's... Priorities, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's what physically gets me up. And then I open my eyes and I can see uh, well, a photo of my family. I've got my award there. And then I've got um, like a little angel statue thing. Um, What's and that I, about? What, the angel? Mm. Uh, it, I'm Well, I'm quite spiritual as a person. So I do have a lot of little things around the house. But just having those there reminds me to kind of wake up with gratitude yes and that's a big thing for me gratitude it's i, I want to dive into that the whole spirituality piece that's a, <laughs> it's a huge part of um my coaching and you know that it's helped me recently over the last few years around just tapping into my own specific higher power and, I, and a yes. lot of people dismiss it but for me spirituality is really really important why is it important to you totally agree uh it became firstly important because my mum is very spiritual so that's like my whole background like all my my mum's actually colombian so it's quite a normal oh, wow. thing for us over there to be so spiritual and religious and all sorts of things like that and so i'm yeah uh naturally brought into that world and obviously lost touch with that a little bit when i hit my teen years and it wasn't cool mm. <laughs> but but how do you feel that relate i think it relates to business as well around if you are tuned into though that spirituality i think and you're asking the right things and you're doing the right things and you, you are grateful i think it has a big impact on the results that you get in your life i really agree are you familiar with the law of attraction yeah it's one of the first things i read yes. years ago yes me too i think it works in that kind of way where you attract all this abundance and everything yeah. because you're giving out this this magnetic field of gratitude and that will yeah. bring in opportunities obviously you have to turn those opportunities into whatever that turns into but mm. um i have to say that's probably one of the biggest things for me is remembering to be thankful for where i am now i think that's important but also when you're doing really well but also when you're in in the kind of in the darkness and the mm -hmm. shit as well i think i think it's for me one of those things this too shall pass so when you're doing really well I think it's important to celebrate that and enjoy it, but keep your head. But also when you're in you know, a really bad situation, it's not permanent as well. For me, that's one of the things that's carried me through around, not say never be really happy or always be really sad. I think you've got to just, sometimes you've got to just ride through things, right? I agree. It's being, learn to be more present rather than living in the past or in the future. Mm. And that's one of the things that I'm still trying to kind of power through. I'm always thinking, okay, onto the next, onto the next, or oh, this didn't work out and blah, 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 blah. But if we just learn to enjoy the day as it comes and take yeah. everything as it comes, it kind of becomes a lot easier to manage things. Um, so what, what really pisses you off then? <laughs> <laughs> in what? In business? In just life? Anything. Um... Do you want me to be totally honest? I here? do, yes. 
a lot of the time just people. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I, the problem is, is that everybody tries to be give off this different image but then when you actually get to know them everybody is exactly the same they mm. all have the same fears the same insecurities the same problems and it's crazy how we try to live our lives through you know all this whatever you have around you yeah you know i know so many people who put on this really confident act like they're this super great person and sure but actually you actually get to know them and they're this really soft gentle loving person it's yeah. like why not just show up as you you know it's an interesting one that people do things to impress other people mm. and it's just like actually you know one of my other sayings is um improve not impress no, impress not improve sorry so it's like mm. improve not impress i'll get that right improve not impress <laughs> i think people go out sometimes to impress other people yes why don't you focus on improving and then I people agree. will be impressed anyway yes exactly and i think if you tackle it in the right way as well people will kind of admire you for being so open and honest and i think that that's something that is mm. growing as a sort of trend now is being authentic and yeah. showing all these different sides to you so that's you can almost now impress by you know being you yeah oh well, that's that that's how you you build um you build relationships mm. you know pe people are buying from people now like yes. you know on a, in a sort of linkedin capacity it used to be quite a vanilla kind of like look how big my company is and look at my you know my powerpoint presentation but actually <laughs> you know be a human being right that's exactly where we are right now i totally agree it's it's really interesting though because there are so many people still on linkedin who are in that kind of other yeah. phase mm. i looked at my comments earlier and i can't remember what one guy said but he said something like um uh, what is what's linkedin turning into or something mm. just and there's a lot of comments yeah. like that yeah and there's a lot of comments talking about the fact that i post photos with my with my linkedin posts mm -hmm. and I mean, some people have a problem with it. Most people don't. Mm. But it's for me, it's trying to capture attention, first of all, in the feed. But also, yeah. it's me. You know, like yeah. I'm it, what else his. You do? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't want to post a photo of a boring laptop because yeah. that's just not what I'm trying to, where I'm going with my posts and what kind of values I'm bringing. It's more, you know, this is me, how I look today. This is what I'm doing today. Yeah. This is what I'm going to say to you guys. You know, it's. So I think with LinkedIn and stuff, like you said, it's very much going in the way of personal branding and mm. people are doing really well off that. Mm. How important is purpose, do you feel, in this whole thing, you know, in terms of personal branding and building business and life in general? Purpose with business or purpose with life? Yeah, in general. How important do you think purpose is to you and to, to most people out there? I think it's really important. I think it's the driving factor for most people. And when you don't have it, you feel lost and hopeless. Mm -hmm. and you kind of feel like, what am, I, what, what am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. And so I've noticed recently when I've kind of sat down and I've thought, right, okay, where do I want to be? Why am I doing all of this? Like mm. I've kind of got to a point where I'm like, okay, every day I'll show up and I'll do all these things because this is what I want to achieve. Yeah. And having that purpose really helps. Mm, no, definitely. So, um, doing my research on you, which as a good <laughs> podcast host should, um, of you say you're into your books, your travel, but also there's some mindset, romance and entrepreneur books coming. <laughs> Are you an author as well? Yes, hopefully. <laughs> I, well, actually that was my first ever job that I wanted to, you know, the profession that I first wanted to go in. I always wanted to be a writer. Oh, wow. I wrote a book when I was like seven or eight or something and I tried to publish it and give it to all my family, but it was a handwritten book. So I tried to write it like 
out like 10 different times with all the images in the yeah. right places, but it didn't get as far as two books, to be honest with you, because it was quite a lot of effort. Mm. But um, the writing side of things, I've always enjoyed it and I've recently come back into touch with it. Wow. So I started my mindset series of the blog on the back end of the website. And then after that, I thought, you know, this could be a series of books. Mm. So I started writing, I'm probably like halfway through the first book for the mindset uh, trilogy. Yeah. Then I'm probably about a quarter of the way through the romance novel because I am I have I'm I'm an absolute sucker for romance novels. I've got to admit. Um, and then there's a couple of others that I'm kind of considering at the moment, and I'm not mm. too sure, but I'm gonna try and get at least two books out there this year, which is quite a big mission yeah. of mine. So you're very kind of you're very business orientated, but also you know you, there's other projects around that wouldn't necessarily make you money. Mm -hmm. I think I think how how important would you say money is? Uh, in today's society to people? I think it would be a lie if anybody told you that money wasn't important and it definitely helps. But the way that I kind of see it is more of a resource now. Whereas when I started out, it was, you know, it wasn't the bigger picture, but it was certainly going to help me to get to where I wanted to be. Mm. But now it's more, now that I've kind of, you know, read all these mindset books and all sorts yeah. of things that's kind of transformed the way that I think. It's now not really that important to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I see all these people who are trying to be flashy and I know I can see how unhappy they are and that's yeah. not for me. Yeah. And it's not because of the flashiness, but, you know, that's not the sort of person I want to be. I just mm. enjoy being surrounded by people who are bringing positive energy to me and that's what I enjoy. Yeah. So have a, you know, have a nice time, spend some money, absolutely, but mm. that's not my biggest purpose. Okay, so um, what advice, we're kind of coming towards the end of, it's been fascinating so far. Um, <laughs> what advice would you give to um, a young entrepreneur sort of starting out on LinkedIn or building a business, that kind mm -hmm. of stuff? So biggest advice is to build a community and relationships with people. I think that's like the number one thing you need to do in business when you start out is building relationships with people just, and it, you know, people say that, but they don't say how. Yeah. And so I think, you know, if you connect with people, you start saying, oh, let's go for a virtual coffee or mm. you, know, you follow each other. Oh, I really like your content. You, you start, yeah. start messaging people, start engaging on their comment section, something like that. Um, so building a community, absolutely, but also building your knowledge. So when I was starting the business, I used TikTok a lot, but not in the way that most other people do. Mm -hmm. My TikTok is not for entertainment. Mine is literally consuming knowledge, 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 knowledge. Yeah. So I have the likes of obviously Stephen Bartlett, like I said, Gary Vee, all those motivational yeah. side of people. And I have other content creators who are, you know, marketing leaders and I'm learning off them and uh sales sales guy chris <laughs> you might know him right, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes yes he recently popped up on my linkedin um so you know building up that knowledge is really important and that's the first step that i usually say to people when they you know come into my dms is mm. just build up your knowledge to, yeah. like then you'll have the self-belief that's the next step because you know that you can do it yes and then you've got that self-belief and then you can start with your journey mm. you mentioned sales there i mean I, i'm from a hardcore sales background but it's only been the last three or four years where i've kind of like realized the importance of branding personal branding and nurture selling and inbound and I'm, i've gone completely the other way now <laughs> um i think there's a big um misunderstanding of in in the sales area of what marketing and branding is and the importance of it what do you say to that yes i agree um i think 
<laughs> the best way I can put it is a lot of marketing agencies and also in sales as well, they give us a bad rap. You know, I remember speaking to somebody at a networking event and it was when I was just starting out and I, they said, oh, what do you do? And I said, oh, I do marketing. I said, oh, you're one of those annoying people in my emails. And I was yeah. like, actually, I've never sent, never ever sent an email before, but yeah, you, there are people out there giving us a bad rap. Mm. So yeah, I think that, you know, I think it's really important and sadly. <laughs> it's still misunderstood, isn't it? I, you know, I think, I think the ability to understand someone through a marketing campaign and is, is, is I think it's, is more sophisticated than some sales processes. Oh, I totally agree. And But even sales is quite an art as well. If you actually understand the true nature of sales, which I'm just beginning to, mm. I think the actual true nature of the psychology behind both sales and marketing is so interesting. And that's my favorite part is the consumer psychology mm. um, and understanding the ways that they behave. And then you can kind of figure out how you can market to them. And that's so interesting. Yeah. So you're 20 now. Fast forward, I was going to say 10 years, but even five years. Where, where do you want to be in five years? Five years. That okay. question, actually, before <laughs> you answer that, I, I've um, had a go a lot of people for answering, asking that question. But mm -hmm. because you're only 20, I want to ask that question to you and see how you respond. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, where I want to be in five years, I think, again, making a big impact on the education system mm -hmm. and the sort of well-being side of things. Those yeah. are still my top sort of, goals yeah. and driving factors um i would like to be consistently traveling <laughs> yeah because i that's one of the biggest things for me is is travel and meeting people and with that obviously mm. influencing that kind of change yeah um it's always an interesting question i never quite know how to answer mm. it but quite a long way away isn't it well yeah but also what do you say that's not the same as every what everybody mm. else is saying you know mm. i don't I have to say, I might not, I think I would, okay, I think I've got it. <laughs> the write, the writing side of things, uh, I'd, I'd definitely go to sort of down the writing route and yeah. probably have a few books out there by then and kind of just enjoy my time traveling, writing, speaking, mm -hmm. down the sort of philanthropy route, I suppose. Amazing. Yeah. So outside of all these businesses that you're running what do you do outside of work mm. or when you're not working should I say yes that's a good question at the moment because I'm building everything again rebuilding with a rebrand literally that's all I do <laughs> <laughs> but personal development isn't it basically yes. but yeah actually yeah it is actually a lot of it um it's literally just consuming content all mm. the time when I open TikTok it's literally like I said just to consume content yeah um reading I really enjoy reading and mm -hmm. obviously the personal development side of things there. Um, yeah. Walking and yoga. Those are my Love things. Love walking. That, oh, Walking's supposed to be better for you than running, apparently. Yes. My mum's always said that and it's better for your joints. Mm, there we go. <laughs> and your your mindset as well, your mind, Absolutely. cleaning your mind. It's not just a physical thing, it's, it's, a, men it's a mental health thing mm. as well, isn't it? So um, if you were 16 again, what would you do differently? Nothing. <laughs> Great. It's got me to where I am now and regardless of where I would be now, I think, you know, everything happens for you to be in the moment that you're supposed to be in mm. and you're supposed to learn what you're supposed to learn. Yeah. So my mindset is, you know, regardless of what happens career wise, relationships, 
it all works out for you to learn something and for the best. Hmm. And a tricky question towards the end. Tell us something that most people or no one knows about you. Hmm. I'm quite introverted by nature. Oh, okay. Mm. I think I like to say that I'm a, an extrovert in training. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up, I was quite the shy kid up until high school. Yeah. I'd say. I mean, I was, I was, you know, I hung out with the popular kids or whatever, but I was still very introverted. I was the one who was sort of reading at break time. You know, mm. like I loved reading, mm. and I was so shy. I mean, I probably would not have been able to do this right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. But kind of practicing you know all these sorts of things i've kind of got used to it and got the hang of extrovertism i think i think um what's well, a fact there's numerous very very successful highly influential people that are introverts and actually mm -hmm. ex extroverts aren't necessarily doesn't guarantee that you are going to be successful and I, I think so that's something in the middle called ambivert i think i'm an ambivert which is somewhere in the middle but i think you can okay. fluctuate in different situations can't you and do different yeah things. i think you also feed off each other's energy if somebody's mm. highly extroverted i think naturally I will be become very introverted because it's yeah. almost intimidating. Yes. And like, why are you giving so much energy out sort mm. of thing? But, you know, like you, it's quite nice to kind of have a conversation. I could feel the nice energy flowing yeah. there probably because you might, you know, you said you were somewhere in the middle. So, yeah, yeah I think I think I agree there. Exactly. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Before, before we go, um, if there's one thing you'd like to leave the audience with, what would that be? keep going <laughs> honestly just just educate yourself in the mindset sort of things yeah. and make sure that you just remember that bad moments are just bad moments it's mm. not forever mm. and you're going to get through it like you always have that's really good advice <laughs> well Kat it's been an absolute pleasure where can people find you easily uh, LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, not really on Twitter, like I said. I de yeah, deleted I that. Twitter, I think it's a circus, personally. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, my main channels are definitely LinkedIn and Instagram. Cat, what an absolute pleasure! Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. The Purpose-Led Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Vincherry, the recruitment operating system used by over twenty thousand recruiters worldwide. I chose to partner with Vincere because I'm a customer and I love their modern rec operating system, a single tech platform to streamline the front, middle and back office operations of executive search, perm contract and temp businesses. If you're looking for a breed of new tech partner, talk to Vincere. They have followed us on support with seven offices around the world. Check them out at vincere.io forward slash Chris O'Connell for an exclusive offer for all listeners.